Ballcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth. Hey, it's Brent. It's Wednesday night, August 30th. This episode of the Burgundy Blogcast is going to be an explanation of my Redskins 2017 initial 53-man roster projection. Okay, here we go. 53 dudes. Uh, today is Wednesday. That means we've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Three more days until this uh, cutdown happens. Uh, I'm about to explain how I got to 53. I have 25 on offense, 25 on defense, and the three specialists, which are no mystery to anyone. I've got maybe one or two things that are a little bit off the wall, so of course I will attempt to explain. Uh, the way I tend to approach this exercise every year is by putting together not necessarily a prediction, so I'm, I'm calling it a projection, but I think that this is kind of a mix between what I think will happen and what I think should happen, and again, I will elaborate. First off, we've got quarterbacks. This one might go against the grain a little bit, but I've got two of them. Kirk Cousins, your starter, and Colt McCoy, your backup. I'm cutting Nate Sudfeld. Um, I think a lot of people think he'll stick around, and he certainly may. I'm not super confident in this one. This feels like kind of a 50-50 to me, and perhaps his performance in the final preseason game in which he's expected to play all four quarters could have a big impact here. But I think basically with Sudfeld, it's not it's not that I think he's awful, but I certainly haven't seen anything special in what we've seen in preseason last year and this year. I think he's pretty much kind of just a guy. I think they would really love to be able to be developing a young quarterback right now, especially with the uncertainty around Kirk Cousins' contract. But I got to think that they wish he was a little bit more than it seems like he really is. Um, he, he does not clearly demonstrate um, a strong command of the offense. Again, we're talking preseason, but that's that's all I can really go off of. Preseason and what, what is reported to us by observers at practices. Um, I think he's got a little bit sort of like a weird hitch in his motion. He tends to kind of pat the ball before he throws it. It seems to have somewhat scattershot accuracy. And I'm just not sure that he's this future starter that Scott McLuhan apparently envisioned. So I think that they can gain an extra roster spot by cutting him. And I think it's a very real possibility because I don't really see another team claiming him and adding him to their 53-man roster right now. I don't think he's that valuable an asset. I think that the Redskins can safely expect to add him back to their own practice squad and keep him in the fold. Uh, but I just don't see him being a meaningful contributor in 2017. At running back, I'm keeping four guys. Your presumed starter, Rob Kelly. Uh, your RB2, I guess. Samaj P. Ryan, the rookie. And then your uh, third down back, Chris Thompson, who I think is excellent in that role and one of the league's best. And then this is kind of a borderline call, but I decided to keep Mac Brown. The reasons I'm keeping Mac Brown are these. Number one, I think he's pretty good. And something tells me he might just do something tomorrow night in the fourth preseason game that gets him noticed across the league. And I'm not so sure he'd be such an easy stash on the practice squad anymore. Number two, if uh, needed, he can play special teams. Number three, the running back position is notoriously vulnerable to injury. And I think that they just like him enough that they're going to want him around in the case that Rob Kelly or P. Ryan should get injured. I do know that Chris Cooley 
whose opinion I realize is not universally valued, but Cooley has said several times that he he really sees something, quote, special in Mac Brown. And I think in the limited uh, film we have of him in the pros, he does look to me like a viable option. Next, we'll do receivers. I'm keeping six. Terrell Pryor, Josh Doxson, Jamison Crowder, Ryan Grant, Maurice Harris, and the rookie Robert Davis. Uh, Pryor, we need not discuss at great length. Doxson, I think, has great potential. But as an aside here, I am pretty worried about his injury situation and the likelihood of this guy being able to contribute significantly over 14, 15, or 16 games. And that's part of why I'm keeping six instead of five. Obviously, Doxson has missed most of his (laughs) pro career so far, including almost the entirety of his rookie year with this mysterious Achilles injury. And then so far in his second pro year, he has intermittently looked very good in camp and and preseason action, but also missed quite a bit of time with what is, again, sort of a mysterious groin-slash-hamstring injury, which, by the way, is not really a combination injury. Groin and hamstring are not the same thing. And that's really sort of the best information we've gotten about it from Gruden, who I think seems quite frustrated and somewhat confused about why this kid can't stay on the field. Um, He had an MRI after the initial injury, and Gruden described it as a little, comma, slight pull and really seemed to be diminishing it to me. And then more recently, he said something along the lines of, yes, I'm concerned about him. We've barely gotten to use him or see what he can do. And and here's another thing that I'm kind of hung up on. Uh, This injury really seems like one where his participation kind of just depends on how he feels because the testing is not showing any actual pathology. And we've got sort of conflicting information that he was asking to play the third preseason game, yet they wouldn't let him. So I'm not entirely sure why they would not let the guy play if indeed he was asking to play and if all of his tests reveal nothing more than a little, comma, slight tug. Uh, It's just kind of fishy to me. Something's going on. I don't think his legs are right. And I don't know when or if they're going to get right. Um, anyway, his uh, his his issues there are part of why I, I'm, I'm keeping an extra dude. Jameson Crowder, obviously, he's making the team, and he's a stud, and they need to rely more on him, in my opinion. Ryan Grant, I don't think he's ever going to turn out to be a great pro, but the coaches appear to think that he is an absolute pro's pro, so he's making the team. Maurice Harris is big. He has outstanding hands. He's been hurt a little bit so far in camp. But I really like what he brings, and I think he can be uh, actually an important role player down the line in his career. And then the rookie, Robert Davis, this one's a little bit borderline. Maybe Brian Quick beats him out, or maybe they only keep five. But I like Davis a lot. He's big. He's fast. I've heard his body type described as prototypical for a uh, number one wide receiver, actually, and I realize that's ambitious. But I think his potential, his ceiling is high enough that it merits keeping him. And I'm not so sure that this guy could uh, make it through waivers. He also... I think is going to be very valuable even as a rookie, as a gunner on uh, kick coverage uh, because he is so fast and he can tackle. And he's already made a few plays along those lines in the preseason. So those are my six at wide receiver. Next we'll do tight ends. Number one, Jordan Reed, stud dog, Nuff said. Um, Although, of course, it should actually be said that he is a huge injury risk uh, between his toe recently and, of course, the concussions. Um, Tight end group here, this is probably my most controversial thing actually in my 53 man projection because I've got five of them <laughs> yeah that's right it's Jordan Reed plus four others and again this is kind of where the um the idea of of me choosing what I think should happen 
a little bit over what I think will happen comes in because I'm I, this would be maybe not unprecedented but certainly unorthodox to keep five tight ends. Um, I think they might because obviously Reed is fragile. Uh, that's a big part of it. But also this tight end group is really deep and really good. And I'm a big believer in keeping your best players and not necessarily being married to traditional position group sizes. I think tight end is a major strength of this roster, and I think it would be advisable to keep it that way. So I'm keeping Vernon Davis, who's getting old, but still has a lot in the tank. I'm keeping Niles Paul, who has made several plays in the preseason and looks like he will continue to be valuable also on special teams and as a fullback for a few snaps a game. I'm keeping the rookie Jeremy Sprinkle, who is big and long and has shown um, competence both as a blocker and as a receiver so far in camp. And then Carrier is a guy who actually just maybe today or yesterday, it's been reported that the Redskins are, are considering trying to trade him or that they may be actively shopping him. And if anybody's going to get cut, it's him. But I think he's a good player. I think he's an NFL quality tight end. And I think he's useful and I think he adds something uh, to this group. He's a, he's a strong receiver. And pass catching tight ends are very important to both the head coach and the quarterback of this team. So I think uh, Carrier brings something to the table that should not be so quickly overlooked. Perhaps they will be able to trade him, which would be one way to take advantage of his skills. But I also decided to keep five tight ends specifically so that I would have a reason to mention that the final, or actually more appropriately, initial 53-man result that we'll have at the end of the day on Saturday is not really what the Redskins will necessarily carry all season long. And a little bit of shuffling tends to happen in the first couple of days and couple of weeks. So again, I'm not scared off just by having this crooked number of tight ends. I think that these are five of the most useful players in the team, so I'm not afraid to keep them. Offensive line group. I'm keeping eight. It's kind of a small number, but that is because I think that the depth is not good, and I'm not really the sort of fan or analyst to recommend trying to replace quality with quantity. I just don't think it makes much much sense. I think the guys at the bottom of the roster here in this offensive line group are not strong, so I'm ditching them. Obviously, the Redskins have Trent Williams, Sean Laveo, Spencer Long once he gets healthy, Brandon Sheriff and Morgan Moses locked in as starters, and then as backups, you've got a strong one in swing tackle, Ty Inseki. Uh, you've got the rookie Chase Roulier, who is standing in for Spencer Long at center right now and can also play a little guard, and he looks really good so far. He's looking like an awesome sixth-round pick, so that would be seven. And then I think Ari Kawanjo is finally getting the boot. He has not looked good so far this summer, and I think they're going to replace him with Kyle Kalis or possibly Tyler Catalina, uh, or possibly this spot might go to somebody who's not currently on the roster. But I think Kuanjo's gone, and I think that they'll have uh, between uh, Roulier and then I'm going with Kalis this time, but some other dude is going to be another backup interior lineman, so I've got eight right now. Bumper, bumper, bumper. So, okay, that was 25 guys on offense. We're going to switch over to defense now, and I'm going to start with the defensive line. I think they're going to keep first the two... Uh, significant free agent signings, Terrell McLean and Stacy McGee. Neither one of them looks like a world beater just yet, but I think their contracts essentially guarantee that they're going to be around. 
McGee's been playing a lot with the starters, so whether it's at end or at nose, where I actually think he might be a little bit better fit, but where they don't seem as inclined to play him, I think McGee will probably play quite a bit, so that's two. The rookie, Jonathan Allen, who I love, is quite obviously making the team. I think Ziggy Hood, who throughout his career has kind of been sort of a fringe starter, but is uh, very versatile and by all accounts, a tremendous locker room leader. I think they love him, and he's going to make the team. I think that two more young guys that are going to make it are Matt Ioannidis, who looks a lot better this year. He's bigger, faster, and overall just better, including as a penetrator, than he appeared to be last year, and he's got versatility. And then Anthony Lanier, although he's got a little bit of a different body type from all of the other guys, and he looks maybe a little bit more like a 4-3 defensive end, I think this guy is going to make a leap and actually play this year. Coaches uh, are said to love him too, and he just seems to have a real knack for rushing the passer. I think he's going to be very useful in nickel packages. So that's six. I would have kept Phil Taylor for sure. He was looking like the best nose tackle, and so you might kind of raise an eyebrow at the fact that I'm not keeping Joey Embu or A.J. Francis in his stead, but I just don't think those guys are quite that good yet that they need to be kept and that, that they would need to play. I think there's a pretty good chance that one or both of them could slide through to the practice squad again. And certainly it's possible that one of them will be kept to play more of a nose tackle thing. But I think that, you know, they may decide to rely on Ziggy Hood again to do it. Um, he wasn't great at it last year, and I think that's kind of admitting defeat, but the coaches seem more inclined to do that. Than I would be. I think Stacy McGee could do it, and that, and because they're cross training the heck out of all of these guys, I think Tom Sula basically thinks that almost any of them could play nose tackle. So he's pretty much just going to keep the six best. And um, for the time being, I'm going with Embu and, and Francis not on the final roster. Uh, okay, linebackers. I guess we can do inside linebackers first. I think this one's pretty easy. I love as your starting tandem the new addition of Zach Brown and then holdover Mason Foster at the so-called Mo and Mike inside linebacker spots, respectively. Uh, Compton is a solid backup now. And then Martrell Spade is a guy who's had a hard time staying healthy through his career, but has looked really good in the preseason, especially preseason week three. He had a ton of nice plays last week against the Bengals. And I think he's kind of a sleeper to compete for a starting job. I think he could really give both Compton and Foster a run for their money at the Mike if he can stay healthy. Uh, you know, that's a big if for him. But anyway, that's four inside linebackers. And then if you go to the outside linebackers, I'm keeping five. Uh, Kerrigan, obviously. Preston Smith, obviously. Junior Gallette, who, fingers crossed, if he stays healthy, I think really could add a new pass rushing dimension to this defense, which is exactly what it sorely missed last year. So that's three. You've got the rookie Ryan Anderson, who's definitely going to make the team. And by the way, I want to take a little aside on Ryan Anderson here, too. I'm kind of worried about Ryan Anderson's injury. He was looking like a really good pick and a, and a really impactful rookie prior to getting hurt in the first preseason game with what was described then as a stinger. But he's been out for three weeks since then, and apparently he remains quite limited in practice because supposedly his strength is not all the way back in the affected arm. Now, I am not a neurologist or an orthopedist, but I know a little bit about this injury, which is technically a stretch trauma to the brachial plexus. And I know enough to be concerned that he's missed this much time because stingers don't usually last this long. And I think that uh, by virtue of his continuing to have symptoms now for three weeks, this means that 
His stinger is at least grade two, which I'm sorry to say carries with it a small but non-trivial risk of incomplete eventual recovery. I mean, I know that sounds awful, and I'm not saying that this guy's not going to get it all back, but at this point, it's actually gone on long enough that that's a possibility. And I, I really hate to invoke the name Kaishan Jarrett here because they're separate individuals with separate injuries. But um, we've learned very recently from Kaishan Jarrett that the injuries that are initially thought to be stingers can be much worse. And I'd feel a lot more comfortable about Ryan Anderson, not just for his rookie year, but for his career, actually, if he gets back on the field and practices fully very soon. He may actually be a candidate for the physically unable to perform or pup list, which would open up another roster spot. Um, Not many people are talking about that possibility, but I am definitely considering it. So anyway, right now I've got him on, having some faith that he gets it back here shortly. Uh, My fifth outside linebacker is journeyman Chris Carter, who was added, I think, primarily for special teams ability, which is the main reason I am keeping him, because I think that is incredibly important. But he is also flashed as a defender. So he's my fifth outside linebacker, nine linebackers total. So I'm up to 15, and we've got the defensive backs still to go. I decided to keep five of each. And these are interesting groups. There, there, there were some hard ones here. In fact, my hardest cut was here in the in the in the DBs. But we'll start with corners. You've got Josh Norman. You've got Bashad Breland, who over the last week or two has actually started to look pretty darn good. Um, maybe he's back from the dead after a very disappointing last year. But wouldn't that be nice if he's an impactful starting corner opposite Norman? Um, third corner and primary slot corner is Kendall Fuller. After him, I decided I am keeping Quentin Dunbar. I think he's a really good player. I think he's got big upside still. And remember, this guy switched from wide receiver to corner um, basically after he he became a pro. And he's still in, what, I think just his third year now. Um, I, I continue to think that he has a real future in the league. He has had a few instances in his career, even as a rookie, where he faced off against top receivers, including Des Bryant, and had great success. He's been a little bit up and down since then, but I'm keeping him. I think it's it's too early to give up on him and that the coaches recognize his substantial potential. The last one, I'm keeping just five corners. The last one is rookie Fabian Moreau, third-round draft pick who might have gone earlier if it hadn't been for his torn peck, which he seems certainly to be fully recovered from because he's he's really flashed in in a couple games worth of preseason action as well um and he's a potential starter in this league so who did i leave off josh holsey he's my number one hardest cut of the whole thing only a seventh round draft draft pick but he's he's been playing as kind of like the backup slot corner to this point and looking pretty darn good if I had to make one change on this entire projection, it would probably be to cut or trade Derek Carrier so that I could keep Holsey. And then I've got an unbalanced roster with 26 defenders and 24 guys on offense. Uh, I think they would consider doing that. So I do like Holsey. I didn't want to cut him, but uh, I didn't quite have room for him. And although he has flashed a little bit, I'm not so terribly nervous that he's going to get claimed. I think he would be the first guy to keep on the uh, practice squad. And hopefully he'll be a Redskin for a long time. That leaves just safeties, and I've got five of them. Obviously, Swearinger, Sua Cravens, get well soon, Sua. Uh, DeShazer Everett, who is standing in for Sua Cravens 
at more of the strong safety position and who also is a core special teamer. That's three. Uh, Monte Nicholson, the rookie, fourth-round draft pick, was just crushed by fans as being the one and only bad and, and clearly the worst uh, draft pick of this class. But guess what? He healed up pretty quick from his injury. I think it was a shoulder. And on top of that, he looks pretty good in preseason so far. He's kind of flying around, making some nice plays in coverage, and he looks like a big hitter too. So he's definitely making the team, and I think maybe a lot of fans are too quick to write him off as a reach. This guy looks like he might be a player. So that's four. And then I decided to keep Wiley veteran Will Blackman. Um He's he's a true pro. He's a savvy vet. I think he's a great example for these younger guys. I mean, D Hall is too, and D Hall is opening on the PUP for me. And I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure that D Hall is going to play snaps again in the NFL. Um, he may be in the process very acutely of just transitioning into more of a coaching role. But in the meantime, I've got uh, D Hall on the pup. I, I want Blackman in the fold. I know that uh, people maybe are a little bit underwhelmed by him so far in the preseason and that he is getting old but I think he brings a lot of versatility and like I said leadership and I just think the coaches are comfortable with him so I don't think they're ready to say goodbye to Will Blackman just yet especially with Cravens not even being a sure thing at this time for week one so there you have my initial 53-man roster projection I suppose that could be subject to change following the fourth preseason game if there is some kind of a monster breakout or a significant injury to a backup who I've kept. But in the meantime, that's pretty much what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts. Please tweet at me if you think any of those decisions are absolutely boneheaded or completely genius. And I'm happy to discuss it with you on Twitter because that's why I do this, people. This is just a hobby and it's fun. And I appreciate all of my followers and listeners keeping me sharp. So find me on Twitter, at BurgundyBlog, and we'll talk again soon. Burgundy Blogcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth.